Welcome to And Almost Starring, the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And they really had to cast the cutest dog on earth, didn't they? We're looking at John Wick. For better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. Amy Jo. <laughs> Amy Joe, how are you doing today? I'm all right, Jeff. How are you? I am doing good. I'm excited to talk about this film because it's not just a film for this week. It is a listener request film. So thank you to Ben for requesting we check out John Wick. Thanks, Ben. And of course, if you have a film you'd like for us to look at, you can email us at andalmoststarringatgmail.com and let us know. As always, like, subscribe, write a review wherever you get this podcast. And be sure to check us out on Patreon if you want more content. $3 a month, you're getting early access to all of our main feed episodes. And for $5 a month, you're getting a bonus episode each month, including the whole back catalog of bonus episodes just waiting for you there. Heck, that's just one fancy coffee, Jeff. Yeah, and you don't have to stay a patron forever. You could... You know, if you want to be a patron for one month, you can listen to all of our back catalog of episodes and then get out of there. Say goodbye. I'm done. Good day, sir. I said good day. (laughs) But if you are interested, this month we have a full-length episode on The Office. First episode, tackling a TV show. We also have full-length episodes on Thor Ragnarok and Adam's Family Values and feature-length commentaries on David Cronenberg's The Fly, Jaws, and Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring bunch of great content be sure to check us out at patreon.com slash and And almost starring as for this film john wick came out on october 24th 2014 and was directed by which i love that this came out right before halloween because john wick is kind of a movie monster the way that he just (laughs) stampedes there is that shot of him when all the cars are on fire and he's coming through kind of whatever those like structures are where the sun is hiding and he does look a bit like he's just like walking up from the gates of hell like (laughs) sup and the film was directed by chad stahilski and an uncredited david leach and written by Derek Kolstad. Amy Jo, what's your experience with that John Wick? Had you seen it before? Nope. Fair enough. I had seen <laughs> this, uh, I think only the one time. I've seen all three films as in as of right now. There will be John Wick Chapter 4 coming out, but I've seen all those th- first three one time exactly. And I've enjoyed them all. I did see a few minutes of Part 2 a second time because uh, I was home for Thanksgiving and it was just on TV and I was sitting next to my uncle Tim and I was like, is this on regular TV or on like HBO? And he's like, oh, I don't know. Let me look. And it's like HBO. I'm like, we need to turn this off or change it immediately. Were there we have kids all running around? Kids. Yes, there are my the triplets. My niece and nephews are like right there watching. I'm like, there is about to be such graphic violence and nudity like you can't you can't just be free floating like oh great let's throw on this movie on when these kids are around you got to take a peep it says it's r right i know but i don't think he has had young kids in many years um i guess but there's yeah they're like they've been like (laughs) nine (laughs) and six like oh really like probably the most egregious of the three films of of this moment of like (laughs) violence in the second one specifically i was like we gotta gotta change this my guy um but yeah so so you're pretty unfamiliar with 
this franchise with this film. Well, so, not now that I've seen the first one. Well, now one. that you've seen it. But I mean like any kind of behind the scenes going on. No, I it. knew they killed his dog. Fair enough. So he killed them. That's, that's what I that's knew. And I knew that's Jason Mantzoukas is in the third one as T- some yeah. kind of The TikTok man. TikTok kooky guy. As some he kind is of wont to be. Some kind of kooky, homeless vagrant. Some kind of kooky vagrant. The Jason Mantzoukas special. <laughs> uh, well, to give you a little more background uh, for this film. Yeah. Is it based on something? No, no, no. But I, I just mean in terms of... I feel like it'd be very easy if this film had just made a certain zig or a certain zag or you get a certain kind of person involved. We never would have heard of this. It never would have gone on to be a franchise. But because really it's because you got Keanu. Yeah. Because the writer, which they didn't really realize how much this would hit, but the writer, all of this stuff with the Continental, all the like underworld, like world building they do that really does add such a different flavor than most of these kinds of films I see. It is lit is incredible yeah the whole way through like it doesn't just look like some action movie like that you you could be passing by like it playing on like a tv somewhere and be like is that john wick because like the i don't know the way they've lit it with all the blues and the reds and everything just looks so it has like a style a very signature style to it i feel i agree and also because Chad Stahilski and David Leach, who this is their directorial debut, they would go on. I believe Chad goes on to direct all of these. David goes to direct, uh, I think the Deadpool, I think both Deadpool movies, or at least one of them, and Atomic Blonde, but, but both all like very like hard hitting action mm-hmm. in a very new way that we hadn't been really seeing at this point anyway for some time because it was their idea to use a lot of judo and jujitsu and they really wanted just to be able to see the action and to have someone that you can have these beautiful, like long takes with the camera pulled back. Uh, that also is necessity. This, this whole, this movie was $20 million. Wow. Not a lot wow. of money in 2014. Wow. With all those car stunts, all the car stunts, like with everything wow. they're shooting in New York. And when you go overtime in New York, you are paying so much extra fees. What's so funny to me about this being set in New York and hearing that they actually filmed in New York as this does not feel like a New York. No, movie. nothing about this feels New York to me in a way that I don't mind. I but completely forgot that. I was like, wait, yes. this film takes place. It starts in New Jersey. This film starts in my ancestral homeland, <laughs> New homeless? Jersey. It feels like it might as well be Shanghai. Like it might, it could be anywhere. Yeah. It could be Moscow, you know, yeah. like I don't recognize any part of any set piece of this. <laughs> And that's part of a few shots. There's like a shot. I think of like the Brooklyn Bridge. There's like, yes, stuff. that's true. That's true. When, when Keanu and Willem Dafoe reenact uh, the, the opening of Manhattan. Of course, <laughs> as everybody always does. No, I mean, but there's it's part of the fun usually of watching a movie set in New York is being like, oh, yeah, they that's not really where that subway stop lets out, you know, right, that kind right. of stuff. But there's. Compared to that's right, New York doesn't have a hotel exclusively catering to assassins that we know about. That yeah, but I was like, where's about. this Russian baths? Where's right. this yeah, the, club? The, the, yeah, the Russian bathhouse slash nightclub. I know. I was like, discotheque. where am I supposed to think this is? Meatpacking <laughs> district. I, I was just like, hmm, hmm. I was trying to figure. Out. But the the fact that they shot a lot of this in New York makes it's like you could you could have done this. No, 
not anywhere, I suppose, but cheaper right. places. You could have, but it is that it all just adds. Oh, I love adds it. Up to it. it yeah. All, all these like little different factors that really all add it up. It feels like Gotham to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Insofar as like oh, it's John Wick fiction. versus Batman. Now we're talking. Oh, heck. Now that's a Batman I'd watch. <laughs> um, But it feels like a, a, yeah, like it might as well be a fictionalized version of a real city, you know? Def- absolutely. Um, But Chad Stahilski and David Leach got their start uh, with stunt work with action well, you choreography can, you can tell. to the point that Chad Stahilski was Keanu's stunt double on the matrix. Oh, wow. Yes. So they knew Keanu. So like they had gotten in touch with Chad and David about being the second unit directors to help oversee all the action, but they had been looking for a project to make their full directorial debut on. So they said like, do you mind if we throw our hats into the ring as the directors? And like, sure. But they're like, I don't know how Keanu is going to feel about that to have like first time directors. And separate, Keanu said, knowing that they were going to look to yeah. them for a second unit, they're like, what do you think about them just directing the whole thing? Well, they're like, okay, well, yeah. clearly we're all on the same page here. That's great. Well, also someone like Keanu, who like is such a stunt person. Yeah. That's someone who I'm not surprised to hear that about. That He's just like, I worked with these guys. I trust them. They're great. And they create a great environment. This is going to be so stunt heavy. What if this yes. were the whole shebang? Yeah. And I think it all really adds up because it was seeing like like the action in this film that is so straightforward, like it is not flashy or showy like Keanu. He's not throwing out quips and one liners. No. And it is like, how can I as quickly as possible, like incapacitate this bad guy to get to the next? Like it feels not realistic, but there is a realism that I think is such an interesting counterpoint with how stylized other aspects of the film are that I think is really cool combination i was thinking while i was watching this that one of the things i found very refreshing about it it has a sense of humor that is not like a marvel goofy slick one-liner kind of sense of humor it doesn't it's not snarky it has its own voice it's yes and it's very it's like a more like gallows humor and 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 there's like a weird lightness to it but it's not light in the sense of like send him to the cleaners (laughs) That John Wick sure has a short fuse. You know, there's nothing like that. Yeah, the tagline being don't set him off is as close as the film yes. gets to that kind of one, yes. one-linery whatever. But instead here it's just, which we'll, we'll get into it now with the, with, with the synopsis I think makes sense to do. So spoilers ahead. If you haven't seen John Wick or you haven't seen it in a while, here's a brief-ish synopsis. There's uh, a lot of fighting. The end. There's a lot of fighting. The end. Um, what we do as our like setup, uh, having just lost his wife Helen to a terminal illness, John Wick receives a this beagle puppy oh Daisy, gosh. who is the cutest dog I I've can't. ever seen in a movie. Uh, and as you guessed, they did smear bacon grease all over Keanu Reeves' face to get this dog to attack <laughs> his face in the morning. Thank you for not telling me that when you're watching. We we're watching, and I was like, oh, did they cover this guy in bacon, <laughs> and I didn't expect that they literally did. I thought maybe they like. But I, I just yeah. said bacon. No, nope, just something. bacon grease. Oh my gosh! This dog can't get enough of Keanu. Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! Oh, it's so cute. It's so cute. I will say, with the wife dying, mm-hmm. very upsetting. Yes. Then this cute dog that I know is gonna bite at any second. This was a rough start, to, and I appreciated you telling me. It's gonna start shifting and become a very different movie by the end. So I appreciated yeah. knowing that because I was like, I don't want to spend an hour and a half in sad town, quite frankly. No, definitely. 
Definitely. And I mean, it is so, I think it really is so wonderfully unique because they were wondering, like, is this movie gonna work? Like, A, is the fact that, because so he gets this cute little beagle dog. Only, he's only buried his wife like three days ago. Yeah. So he's had this dog for like barely The, the dog is a last hours. gift from his his wife who like the dog right. shows up and she's like basically like has has put steps in motion that when she dies, like a dog will be sent to him to be like, right. you, you don't have to go through this alone. Yes, exactly. Uh, but like the day after he gets this dog, he's at a gas station and these trio of Russian hood gangsters want to buy his car, specifically this guy, Yosef, who's kind of our, the guy that our antagonist that gets the ball rolling, yeah. wants to buy this car. John refuses. So they go to his house to steal. They beat him up. They steal his car. And Daisy, they killed the dog Daisy. Ugh. I know. And then move the dog back to right in front of him. So when he wakes up, he'll. I couldn't tell if they did that on purpose or if like the dog had managed to get itself to Keanu and then oh, died there. There were That's footprints, I but I couldn't tell if they were footprints or paw prints. It was just looked like a blood smear on the floor. Yeah. So I thought I thought that'd be weird weird if they had moved the dog to like, um, well, at least I'll have this dog next to me. Either way, up. it's terrible. I, yes, it's uh it's rough. So Yosef and his crew, they try to bring the car to this chop shop to get like new tags uh, run by John Leguizamo, which is also one of the great things about this film. All the, he, John Leguizamo is in like two scenes and all these great character actors that we get these little tiny bits of just to populate the film. And makes it, I don't know, I pay attention more because it's John Leguizamo. You know, I think it's great. John Leguizamo punches Yosef out but because he, he realizes whose car yeah, it is. It's so great because we don't know who John Wick is at this yeah. point, but we see... Leguizamo recognized the car, asked, did you kill the guy? And they're like, no. And you see him just being like, this is right. bad. The film does such great status work in yes. terms of how much everyone reacts to hearing about John Wick and how they treat him before we ever see him do anything. It's great. Uh, so well done uh, because he immediately, like Yosef's father, Vigo, who runs this criminal organization he calls john like like what do you why did you punch my son like clearly i'm gonna kill you unless you have a great reason and he says he stole john wick's car and he killed, killed his, his dog. dog and vigo just goes oh and that's when you laughed yeah and that's also when they knew that this movie worked because they were like a is getting his dog killed enough to warrant him killing all these guys will an audience be on board with that and by the same token, will an audience be on, on board with seeing this dog get killed? Like a lot of the yeah. potential directors were like, what if instead of the dog, if it's like he still has a whole family and they kill the whole family? <laughs> and it's like, we, but we've just seen that movie. If like, if the wife is yeah. what gets killed and he's avenging his wife. And it is like, it is that because it's her who got him it's this an dog. It's emissary from her. Right. It's, it's not like, literally just they killed the guy's dog. No, but it is like you killed, as he says later, like you killed my, my hope, my hope, my, hope, my opportunity to yeah. grieve, you know? Yeah. Um, but this, yeah, of how Vigo Vigo reacts to hearing that it's John Wick is like when our villain is our main villain. This is guy Vigo is so, in right. his boots. Oh, when he calls John Wick and John says like nothing, was like, can you can we like let this go and just says nothing and hangs up and it's like, what do you say? Enough. It was so good, but also just to see after he's just been so intense and and like top dog with his son yeah. to then see him like ah John uh, like really 
Yeah, quaking. Yeah, he has this whole speech so about John is, is the nickname the Baba Yaga. Oh, yeah. He's the guy that you send to kill the boogeyman. He, I saw him kill three guys with a pencil. I saw him kill three men in a bar once with a pencil. <laughs> a pencil. <laughs> and then when he like demos on Ari, yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed that right. very much. Uh, so this slowly builds to John Wick back in action. He uses that yeah, sledgehammer. Yeah, so he, he used to work for the organization. Right. He got out to go get married. To be, yes, to be with Helen. And they said, like, if you want to get out, like, you have to – gave him the impossible task of yeah. all of these people that he had to kill, which helped make Vigo, like, the top dog. Yeah, the bodies that – it's so great because he's, like – it's intercut with Wick, like – digging up with a sledgehammer his his excavating the yeah but like it's as he's doing that then the the vo is going the bodies he buried that day lay the foundation for our organization and it's it's i don't know it's good it's real good vigo places a two million dollar bounty on john's head offers it to marcus or willem dafoe who we kind of see peripherally yeah Yeah. we we see little bits of him throughout the film where you're trying the whole time you're like is he on john wick's side is he a good guy is he a bad guy it's hard to get a bead on is he just a mercenary is he just a mercenary just a gun for hire and then we get we john goes to the continental hotel in new york you know the hotel for assassins we all know it the continental Uh, and that's when i think this movie just really kicks into high gear we get the great lance reddick from the wire as a well so it, they don't say his name in this one, apparently, but you say they do in the others. But we were watching it with subtitles on, and so it would say who was saying it. And it's Charon, who is, right. in Greek mythology, the boatman to the underworld. Like, yes, So you give yes. him a coin, and he'll like ferry you across the river Styx. Right. So I was like, oh, that's great, because you give him a coin, and then you get to go <laughs> into the Assassin Hotel. <laughs> and then you get to go to Assassin Hotel. Uh, we meet Perkins, another assassin. We get Winston, the great Ian McShane, who runs the Continental. Too little McShane. Very little McShane. We get. I forgot how little McShane we got in this film. This is he a gets real a lot uh, more Pepper Potts situation. <laughs> is it a Pepper Pot situation? I don't Did know. Did you not get enough Gwyneth Paltrow in Iron Man? There was a lot, but you tell me she <laughs> does more in uh movie two yeah she has more to do in some films than others but i don't know she's all over that first iron man ian mcshane has one and a half scenes in this film too McShane. Too little mcshane we always want that and we want more mcshane but this whole scene of john like goes through the hotel the secret back room nightclub with this like eartha kiddish jazz singer oh i love this garment she's wearing and yeah she's it's like disco eartha kid it's great it's a great vibe this place amy shane's got a martini i'm like this sounds like a great place if i didn't know that it was connected to assassin hotel yeah winston tells john wick that vigo has yosef stashed at the red circle nightclub we get this very long like centerpiece to the film yeah uh, of him going through this spa to try to get to yosef and then that leads into this nightclub uh, it's all so well choreographed I mean, wow truly like it's it looks gorgeous it manages to look both inviting and menacing at the same time i'm like i don't want to go to this nightclub but i do kind of want to sit in this swim up pool um <laughs> as long as you didn't have russian gangster <sighs> yosef and his guys screaming get me another bottle get I me another bottle you, i want a bottle and as you're saying Google baby you, yeah you as we were watching you did say baby wants his bottle baby wants his bottle <laughs> yeah i mean but that's the problem is that you go to a lot of places you're like this seems like a cool vibe until you know a bunch bunch right. of entitled fools come in and spoil it for everybody well 
In terms of the opposite of an entitled fool, according to the director's commentary, when they shot the top level part of the nightclub fight sequence, which ends with Keanu getting thrown over, uh, Keanu Reeves had the flu during filming this and was running a 104 degree fever. Now, Keanu, I know you're a great guy and you're trying to be a good employee, but what the hell? Like... I I think Gene Kelly had the same fever when he shot Singing in the Rain. And like, I agree and I get it. But I also know that in a case of a movie like this, there are times where it's like, well, if we don't film this today, it's not it's not going to get filmed. No, it's true. And then if you had to, I mean, if you, you know, accidents happen, people get sick, people get you know severely injured. And if you have to figure something else out, then you would have to rewrite the film and figure out what else to do. But in this, you know, on the other hand, when when you're doing a part of the film where you've been beaten up considerably, looking like you feel um, like you're dying of the flu might actually like look good on camera. You're going to look sweaty and uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm like, can I just have the scenes where I have a dog licking on me when I have the flu? Not when I have to do a big, crazy fight scene. I get fluey body aches like at the drop of a hat. So the thought of a dog like licking my face is actually deeply unpleasant. Um, But so is like falling off, you know, (laughs) doing a stunt where I plummet to the ground. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. John retreats to the Continental to tend to his wounds. I love love this doctor. You have a laundromat. I'm sorry, sir, but no laundry. No one's that good. No one's that good. Yeah. This doctor who's in uh, The Matrix Reloaded, for everyone who remembers that, he was the key master. So Keanu spent a bunch of The Matrix helping to keep this guy, or actually, I guess it was mainly Trinity, was helping to keep this guy safe. Um, but I love that he's also back in this. Such a brief little part, but so, so good. good. That's the thing is all the people that they hired for like all these roles, all these small roles, like they're memorable without being like in a different movie, you know, yeah. like everyone, they're very clear on the tone, very the clear on the tone. And in. everyone is just so like comes in, delivers the thing. It's yeah. so great. It feels like everyone has like 10 minutes of screen time, sometimes divvied up throughout, but like Willem Dafoe, we get him saves Keanu's life. Cause he sees Twice. that Perkins is coming into the room to mm-hmm. assassinate him because she, uh, Vigo's offered her four million dollars to break the rules Double of the, the Continental, bounty, yeah. which means you no business on Continental grounds. So it just means no no fighting, no <laughs> no killing. killing. Uh, we get this great fight scene where Keanu's like, finally, he's he's so he's stitched up. He finally can relax. He's got like an ice pack on his shoulder. He's drinking some whiskey. Nope. Now I have to have another fight scene in my T-shirt and undies uh, getting the crap kicked out of it. Oh, when she starts punching his stitches. Oh, I was like, that's ugh. smart. But ow. <laughs> but he does best her. He gets we get this teeny tiny cameo from Clark Peters, uh, who played Crushes Lester it. on The Wire as this other assassin, Harry. I lo- this whole exchange is great. Where it's like as soon as he knocks out Perkins, you just hear the gun click, and it's just like, I'm like, do I know you? And Keanu's like, I'm thinking you do. It's like, Harry, John, yeah, you'd be like, you doing okay? I'm mm-hmm. fine. Just the casualness, yeah, uh, is so good. He has Harry watch Perkins, but Perkins d- breaks her thumb. Or, or, or she's super double jointed or something. Or, oh, maybe I she's don't just double know, jointed. She did like click it in a way. I was to like, get out of these handcuffs oh. and kill Harry. It's just like, oh. Which I hated. I like him. We liked Harry. John gets from uh, Perkins the info on Vigo of where all of his money is. Which is why he doesn't kill her because she. Right. She gives up the. Well, also, he's not going to kill her on continental grounds. He'd no. rather have. True. The proper continental people deal yes. with her. 
Uh, but he goes to Little Russia, destroys Tavigo's front. Destroy, he sh- shoots this, pr- kneecaps this priest. <laughs> and he just starts <laughs> screaming obscenities and it's great. Oh, it's so funny. Uh, and destroys all the money and blackmail material. Vigo and his henchmen subdue. They get there. They subdue John. And he's pretty much going to get tortured and killed. And once again, Willem Dafoe saves Keanu's life. Too many windows in all these places John Wick is. So many windows. Good for John Wick. I I mean, Keanu, what are you doing? What is that bed doing? You are like. Why are you not drawing a drape? He has splayed crotch out to the window in such a way that you are really asking to get moited. (laughs) But John gets saved again by Willem Dafoe and finds out from Vigo, like, where Yosef is stashed. And Vigo's like, fine, but if I give up my son, then you'll let me walk and we'll be okay. He go- he kills Yosef so quickly, which I do remember from the first time feeling a bit anticlimactic. Because I, f- I find this whole third act is weird, but seeing it again, I liked how different it is than you would expect. Because yeah. you assume Yosef, like... Yosef should be like close to the end. But with Yosef Vigo. is like not right. worth his time. Well, then even Perkins, like you think Perkins, like okay, then Perkins is going to be like winding up at the end. But Perkins, no, it's Vigo. Gets written out, like gets called from Ian McShane. They go, they meet at Bethesda Square, Bethesda in New Terrace, York. Bethesda yeah. Terrace. So they're underneath. It's at night when Central Park is like closed, <laughs> and all Thank these goodness. guys immediately step out to surround Perkins. Ian McShane is like, "You broke the rules of the Continental, and so you're, you know, you've by your own your hand, membership. your membership has been revoked. Boom, shot in the head and dead." Uh, I just don't get how how people don't uh, surmise that that might be what the penalties are. Uh, she just thought she was special. She just thought for whatever I'm reason so special. that no one's yes, gonna I hurt forgot me. that there I'm, was I'm a little baby that iconic. I'm so sweet that iconic New York location. Yes, which I I love. I love anytime we oh. go to Bethesda in a film. Um, but yes, Willem Dafoe, because Vigo realizes like, oh, you've been purposefully helping John Wick despite me telling you, Willem Dafoe, I'm putting a contract out. I want anyone but you letting you know You're, specifically to you kill had him. ample opportunity right. but instead Defoe gets captured tortured killed and and keanu's like i was almost back to new jersey but we're going back through the tunnel yeah. i am once again so it actually means that like yeah him going and like taking care of vigo is also like avenging marcus and is like right. also just like let's close to this really, chapter really close the loop yes he gets there but that's that we end with vigo end with um dean winters as uh who's his name avi his like lawyer uh, yeah. or whatever who's so i it, it was so i forgot completely he was in this because i'm mainly used to seeing him in 30 rock as liz's awful ex-boyfriend and like brooklyn 99 where he's always just such a great comedic I mean, he's mayhem in those uh, insurance commercials. They're like, that's right. I'm a gusty wind that's going to knock down this tree. I don't even know what you're talking about. If you saw it, you would, because he did like a dozen of them over the course of 10 years. Wow. Known as mayhem, that he's just like, you need, you know, car insurance because you never know when I'm going to show up. Mayhem's going to strike. Exactly. But he is just like, he's our second to last. He's our like second to last guy left is this ineffectual lawyer. But isn't that, isn't that bureaucracy? Like cockroaches. (laughs) they'll outlive us all Uh, it's true it's true but he i just love it good he gets like it's also so good because he's in the car like screaming who has a gun who has a gun and vigo's just just like laughing because he's got respect for john wick and not for this lawyer but he's just sitting there with a gun kind of waving at him then he plays keep away with it which i just i don't know i dug where he's just like 
Yeah, you think, good luck. You're, yeah, you're going against Baba Yaga, my guy. What do you think is going to happen? And we did watch uh, some behind the scenes clips of all of like the, the fight s- stuff. The prep wow. work that Keanu did, including stunt driving. And they showed like this scene oh, this of him, wild. him like having to like squeal into this 90 degree turn to then break like right in front of the camera. But that they were like, he did it so well that we were able to push the camera in like through the window. He to hit get it into so him. he hit the mark so exactly that they were able to in that same shot, zoom in and into a close up perfectly right. in focus. And they were like. Yeah, I mean, like, if anything were to go wrong with this, he's going off, like... Uh, if he turned right instead of left, for whatever reason, he could go off of Yeah, they're like, but we were never for cliff. one second, like, worried about Keanu. He was already, like, a good Keanu. stunt driver. It's just Ugh. like, wow. It's quite something. Uh, but we end our film. He has his final little hand-to-hand with Vigo, where he, Keanu allows himself to get stabbed so he can break Vigo's arm, take the knife out, and stab Vigo. And you do get that great, like, I'll be seeing you, John. Yeah, BC, BC, yeah. Uh, and Keanu, we end the film. He stitches himself up in this little animal hospital and s- rescues a little baby pit bull puppy that was set to be euthanized. And then they just walk past uh, where he had his last date with his wife. It's the same little location that they're like walking off past this uh, uh. this little area. And I do love the pit bull returns in the sequels, at least in chapter two. We're now John just- Wick two, the pit bull returns. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but they managed to find both the cutest dog I've ever seen in a film and the second cutest dog I've ever seen in a film. Yeah. Well done, movie. Well done. Uh, so as I was saying, $20 million budget. That's it. Made $86 million worldwide. So this wasn't like a wow. massive hit. But, but it, was, hey. wasn't, it made enough return on the investment. And also because it costs so little. But they were saying like the stuff that this should take three days to shoot. And we're going to try to shoot this in an afternoon. But then Keanu wow. would come in. And would do it. But you'd be like, we can't, you're A, they don't have the money for a B team, like a B and C filming units. Right, so right. you only have, they're like, we have one camera. So like you, you don't have the time to do multiple setups. That's right. why you're doing like as much of the action as you can in these long But that's, what, you know, he spent what, four months, I think we, we saw that thing. Like, yeah doing prep work and learning this choreography so he can come in and like like dance and that's i think honestly why i think you also really dig this film more is that they equate it to ballet and that this is like dance choreography like i took like a few months of karate a, a number of years ago and i really liked it in part because it was like dance you're learning sequences it's a sequence of movements you know but it's not about the precision in the same way. It's, right. you know, and I found it really satisfying. But like, yeah, that's exactly. It requires a great deal of technique and training and skill. Um, <laughs> but also, yeah, someone was saying that in that thing we watched that it's like having someone who is trained in a bunch of different ways so that they can make adjustments on the day based on what's actually looking good on camera and what isn't. It's like not a big deal if he knows all of the moves and stuff. Right. And it was interesting hearing them talk about wanting to find moves. Like, what what is the actor coming to us with? Like, what are yeah. they what already is comfortable look good on with? Him. Yeah. yeah, what's going to look good on them of how they already move through the world so that it's not having to teach, like, so many wild new things to a person, but instead utilizing the, the skills they already have. Well, even thinking, like, this is so not the same thing, but, like, we went once, a friend gifted us um, flying trapeze, a flying trapeze session. So we went and um, they they like have you like you're in a harness and everything, but I still found it terrifying. Um, But they have you do a move where you're supposed to you're hanging on your hands on the end of the trapeze and you're supposed to 
pull your legs through into the middle and then you drop your hands and then you're kind of hanging off the trapeze. So I tried it and couldn't get my legs through because my legs are really long and like I'm not a thin person and I have large breasts. So like I, I couldn't get my legs through with the length of my arms. So then someone like one of the teachers came up to me and was like, you should actually put your arms in the middle. You're going to do a different kind of a hang and bring your legs around to the sides oh. of it. And that I was able to do fine because yeah. I had the flexibility. I just couldn't actually like, they're like, your legs are too long. They need to go on the outside. So you'll do yeah. this kind of hang. But it was that kind of, it's exactly the same kind of thing. Being like, well, you're trying to some... force someone to be like, no, 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 do the thing just that, do it the a million choreography times that we've created. When it's like, like, let's okay, do what's going to make you look really good. That's never going to look or feel natural or good. Right. And in the real life, if someone was really trained in this way, they're going to do what's most expedient and efficient to get the job done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so as I said, tw- this first film, 20 million budget, 86 million worldwide. Part two, 40 million dollar budget, 171 million worldwide. Oh, geez. And part three, a 75 million dollar budget and 327 million wow. worldwide. So these films keep getting bigger and bigger and with a much bigger return on the investment each time. Yeah. I feel like they just really have keyed into like what makes this specific world and franchise exactly. work. Yeah. The casting directors of John Wick were Suzanne Crowley and Jessica Kelly. Crowley, a two-time Emmy nominee for casting Killing Eve, has also cast Boys Don't Cry, Shakespeare in Love, Seven, and previous episodes to Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, and American Psycho. I knew I had just recently heard this person's name and credits. Kelly, an Emmy nominee for casting Euphoria, has also cast Precious, X, The Blacklist, and Midsommar. So let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. Some of these people may have auditioned, some may have just been discussed by casting. This is all subjective. And as always, I've looked up all the actors in advance, and Amy Jo is hearing it along with you, listener, for the very first time. I truly know nothing. (laughs) Well, let's start with our titular character, John Wick. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Keanu Reeves, who was 49 at the time of filming for this and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else i'm 39 and i can barely walk down a flight of stairs (laughs) you were wondering when you're watching like well how old is michael nyquist who plays vigo yes and is looking looking it up he's only four Four years years older or now he's since passed but he was four years older than keanu at the time of filming this which is hilarious yeah yeah i was like see that's why i'm a character actor i'm the russian (laughs) mob boss in this situation i'm like oh i have one big fight scene at the end uh, and I'll be able to train really hard for those two minutes of screen time and, and not the action star mm-hmm. being like, I'll train for four months. My body can take it. I was wincing watching everything. Oh, yeah. Wow. I I mean, I hope Keanu isn't arthritic or pre-arthritic. I think it's that real, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. I think that he's the kind of guy he's that never, is just in, he's never yeah. not training. He's never not yeah. just in like peak physical condition. Good for him. Good <laughs> Good for him. Um, anyway, I think he's fantastic. Incredible use of Keanu. Perfect use of Keanu. Perfect use of Keanu. Everything he does well. Like, I mean, and the thing that they do set up so well is the connection to the wife. Like, by having it kind of be, like, all sort of a flashback type, not you know, but we're like a flash forward as the prologue sort of thing. So we're immediately establishing the most important thing in his life is this relationship to this woman who, like, you know, we then immediately learn, like, has just passed away, you know. He sets all that up so well. So he like as this avenging angel the whole time, I'm always on his side, even as I really liked Vigo, because it's not Vigo's fault. His son's an idiot, you know, like yeah. or at least not entirely, you know. And so I I thought it was just so, so well done that I could like in in a way root for both of them. Mm. Um, 
but yeah, he's, he's amazing. I mean, just the stuff he is doing physically amazes me and I just don't understand. Um, uh, but yeah, so he's great, great use. I'm, I'm glad he's got a new franchise that seems to be doing better as it goes along. Unlike the matrix. So funny that you mentioned the dancing thing, because the first person that came to mind who obviously would not have been, he was not alive by the time this movie was made, but like... Mikhail Baryshnikov. <laughs> Gregory Hines? Oh, boy. I, well, I was thinking Patrick Swayze. Oh, Patrick like Swayze, a young, the a dancing thing. Younger I, Swayze, yeah, yeah, kind of oh, thing. I like, that. I can absolutely see. And also just thinking of, like, him in Ghost and everything. Just sure. thinking, like, yeah, I buy this whole, like, oh, the, the combination thing. of Ghost and Roadhouse. That exactly. You're like, he can give you both. He can give you the motion. He exactly. can give you the action. He can give, and he gives me the guns as well, you know, and the hair. He's also giving me great hair acting, which great Keanu acting. is doing tremendously in this film. He the really figured it out with the hair. When he collapses and the at the beginning of the movie <laughs> and you think he's dying, as it looks like the life leaves his eyes, a lock of hair falls across his forehead, like, I'll help. And <laughs> I'll I just help. thought, Good hair acting. That's strong work. Okay. Um, very, very different vibe. Mm -hmm. And normally plays someone like with a harder edge, but I'd be so interested to see Wesley Snipes do a character oh, like this. Yeah. Also someone very, sure. very action heavy, but like, yeah. I don't know. I'd be, I, again, he tends to play a bit more, um, like, well, I've, I've seen him do more villainous stuff, but like. Wesley Snipes. Yeah. But he's really good well so. i mean because you're mainly coming to it from the demolition man perspective and too long foo which couldn't be a more villain, different a villain no one. not a villain right. at all but, but so much of the 90s was i mean from blade to like and i have seen parts of blade and, is part uh, of what i'm thinking uh, yeah well what's the, what's the one he's investigating like a murder at the white house like something 1600 or whatever um he did have that big run in the 90s of yeah. he was a leading man and then you know yeah. he went to jail for tax evasion and his career never recovered yeah 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 um but yeah, so I could see, I, I'm interested in that version. And then this is not necessarily who I want, but I can't see this kind of Keanu and not think, man, really looks like Adam Driver. Um, oh. So I'm thinking if Adam Driver ever wanted to do this kind of thing, which I mean, the man was in the military when he was younger, you it's know, true. like I've, I think he would sell the crap out of it. Yeah. So I didn't have a ton of thoughts because it's, I mean, also clearly sounds like it was built in many ways around Keanu. So I'm interested to hear like what we, what's going on here with this ca casting alternative situation. Um, but it feels like it's built so much on his skills, both as a, as a like stunt artist and, and also as a, as an actor. And again, I do not mean this. I legitimately do not mean this with any kind of shade, but they're like, we're not going to burden him with a lot of dialogue in these fight scenes. No. We're going to let him do what he excels at, which is like the, the physicality yeah. and the, the, like he does beautiful facial work. And like he, he is, does fine with dialogue, you right. know, but like, especially just thinking like early Keanu, it's like, no, we were trying to give him too much to do and let him excel doing this thing that again, he does better than just about anybody else in the game. Absolutely. But if you look at the difference between this and point break, oh, Keanu is also just like really matured as an actor. Absolutely. <laughs> there is no comparison <laughs> other than it's the same human. Right. I am the Baba Yaga. Oh, you don't no. get that. No, you don't get that. Um, but this, I mean, this was somewhat personal to Keanu Reeves that he, in terms of what he really responded to the script and that he also, if you did not know that his girlfriend or his estranged girlfriend died in a car accident. I in, did not know that. In like the very early aughts around like 2000, 2001. Ooh. So this was like, 
you know, that was like a, a very large chapter in Keanu's yeah. life. Um, but so that is something he really responded to. And looking at it from like 14 years after the fact, he's clearly in a place where like I can kind of deal with that within my art. Yeah. Um, and I do find that it's also me knowing that it's hard not to take that with you and watching those like early scenes of him, like taking his wife off of life support uh, and like seeing when he's re- with a few times when he's really like, you know, the screaming at Vigo of like, you can't, yeah. you know, you, that was the last thing I had from her. And you took, you took that from me. You killed that from me. I do think he's very affecting yeah. in those moments in a way that, yeah, you, you, it just uses him. It uses his talents and skills very well. Talking about utilizing his physicality well by being like, well, let's give you moves that are going to work well on your body. Mm-hmm. The same with the emotional stuff and with the lines and of dialogue, they they know how to work with Keanu instead Which of is against Keanu. Exactly that, and and that is like the benefit to working. I mean, like you, you see it in the theater where people will write stuff for someone, but you're also writing something in the theater, knowing that soon, sooner rather than later, someone else will be doing it. It will be associated with someone else. So often, it's written a bit more broadly or you've had more people go through it as opposed to on screen where it's like it's gonna be this john wick a stage spectacular coming to broadway <laughs> next spectacular fall. that's a good stunt spectacular that i'm would telling be you that pretty but like it's but but it is knowing like it's gonna be this person <laughs> yes this 30 minute stunt show at six flags great adventure get all your kids in all right ready to start the show now watch this dog get kicked in <laughs> <No>. the head oh <laughs> no daisy <laughs> um so i do have quite a few actors that i did consider because it is it is hard to it's think tricky. of someone else because this is also the kind of thing where you have your usual action guys sure. you have your bruce willis you have your of course you know you have your lower tiers like steven seagal and like jean-claude van damme and you have your higher tiers like stallone and schwarzenegger and bruce willis um and but then you have like you have like your more real actors, quote unquote, who don't do as much action, like people like Ethan Hawke, like people that sometimes yeah. dip a toe into action stuff, but are more known as actors. Yeah. So it's hard. The role I will start off with by saying this was written to be in his mid 60s or mid 70s. It was wow. originally supposed to oh, be he's a like very, way out of the game. Exactly. It's supposed to be a very small body count, like only like a few people. And that, yes, oh, the, well, dog, that very quickly. the dog was supposed to be very old as well. So I don't know if it's also that the dog was also a gift from the wife, but now the dog is like 15 years old. Yeah. It's like it's been some time. Um, but that was the initial pitch. And so the producer, Basil Iwanek, uh, his friend asked him, hey, do you have any scripts for Keanu Reeves? And he was like, I mean, we have this thing. It's supposed to be a much older guy, but we can send it to Keanu. And at this time, Keanu's career, not doing great. Yeah. A lot of flops. At this point, uh, he had this movie, 47 Ronin, that flopped. And then this film, Man of Tai Chi, that Keanu is in and directed. It's his directorial debut. That's supposed to be pretty good from what I've heard. But once again, it just didn't make money. So all the money people in Hollywood are like, Keanu's done. Like, this isn't. People are so stupid. I know. But this, as I said, $20 million budget. So it feels like low expectations. True. But have have none of them ever made a movie that was bad due to no fault of their own? No, they've only made good movies. And if it was bad, it was not their problem. Maybe it's worth me learning to punch just so I can start to punch <laughs> some people in the nose when they deserve it. All right. So let me say some of my picks. And then I'll talk a bit more about all the training that Keanu did Get for this. It. So... I can see it's just it's so well tailored to Keanu, but I could see I mean, if he's a little older than Keanu, I could see like Kurt Russell. 
Like, oh, this is like a little older absolutely. version than this. I think would be really good. I could see like the Daniel Craig for sure. I version. did think of him. Yeah. Or or like if I was thinking British, the other thought was like a Tom Hardy. Oh, sure. See, if I was thinking British, the other thought, give me a Jude Law, who's also someone who's oh, a little yeah. older um, compared How to just Tom, compared to well, I mean, just mean compared to Tom Hardy. Yes. I mean, if, yes. at 2014, I, I would assume that Jude Law is comfortably in his 40s. Yes. I assume he's I, I believe Jude Law is probably in his early 50s, 50s now, now yeah. maybe late 40s. But either way, he's still he's no young spring chicken in 2014. Or, you know, you tailor it slightly differently. I could see, like, the Antonio Banderas version of this mm. would be great. I could see, you tailor it different. I think a Jackie Chan version of this would work sure. very well. well very different film. You're not doing the gun foo. You're doing more just hand-to-hand. Yeah. Um, but I think the two actors, known more as being just straight actors than action actors, but both have done both. I could see the Christian Bale version of this. Oh, yeah. I was thinking mainly of 2002's Equilibrium, which the directors uh, were inspired by the action because that is a gun kata. But in the, that, the directors of this, the directors of this of John Wick were a little inspired, amongst other things, by the action in Equilibrium. But whereas in that, the gun kata is just utilizing it's just guns, but it's using guns in a way where you're doing a lot of like lunges and moves yes. so that you would be blocking bullets opposed to this, where you're still doing hand to hand moves, but it's always like the gun in the right hand. So all the judo flips are with the left. Wow. So your gun hand is always free and you're just literally combining gunplay with the jujitsu and judo, which I think in this is such a great language yeah. equilibrium less. So, but my point being that Christian Bale, acquits himself admirably also as batman of course so he does occasionally do this kind of thing yes um and i think if you need a guy that's gonna go as gung-ho gung-ho and gung-ho the way that keanu does i think it's vigo mortensen thinking of his as aragorn and thinking of him as in eastern promises with that naked bathhouse fight I see him as the kind of guy that'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to train for four months. Oh, yeah, he absolutely would. And I buy with Eastern Promises. Vigo versus I, Vigo. I buy him as the Baba Yaga. Vigo, Vigo versus Vigo. Exactly. Um, but I think either of them could do it. But it's a hard. I don't see the like Bruce Willis's John no. Wick. I don't even Kurt Russell. I'm like, I don't see it. Kurt Russell's not doing a lot of like, I'm the lead of this film that's going out to well, he major also theaters. Just at this stage. To me, everything I see him do has a more laid back feel. Kurt Russell. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Which is partially, I think he's like, I'm having fun and I think I've earned it. Oh, I'm like, sure. You sure have. As Mr. Nobody in the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. He's on a video screen for he's half like, an hour. He's like, all right, you gonna, later. gonna go get some drinks with Goldie. See you guys later. Bye. Enjoy the rest of the film. Enjoy <laughs> the rest of your movie. Have fun, Vin, whatever this is. Uh, <laughs> As long as the check clears, I I don't Whatever care. Whatever this is, I don't know. I'll never see it. <laughs> so they said Keanu trained four to five months before the movie started shooting every day, four to five hours a day. Yeah, they, no, yeah, they said like like five days a week. Five days a week. Yeah, like, judo, jujitsu, Brazilian jujitsu, all the weapons training. They said he got so proficient in tactical training. But his instructor said he was almost too good, performing many tasks such as reloading a magazine faster and better than professional soldiers would in live fire combat situations. Which that's the thing, like looking at this film and looking at the behind the scenes, how quickly he is like firing these guns, like switching guns, reloading, like instantaneous is really amazing. I was remembered um, 
uh, Schwarzenegger training for the first Terminator because he wanted to be able to do all of that without looking. So he got so yeah. proficient with being able to like re, you know, uh, reattach, like just put the guns together or reload or whatnot and not have to even be like paying attention to it because he's a machine. And that's what I was reminded of watching this is Keanu is like a machine with how yes. quick he is and all this. There's Which, that one great shot where he like he shoots the guy. He's like not quite dead. And he has to like, ah, I'm out. He quickly is like, boom, boom, reload. And now I shoot the guy. And a guy who is in that many life and death situations you have to be that good or you do not survive, you no. know? So any good acting teacher is going to like tell you to make sure you've like rehearsed with your props. You can't like Larry Moss will talk about like, you know, your props have meetings at night about how they can screw you up on stage. <laughs> so you have to rehearse with them so that that has less chance of happening. Right. You and know? on the one hand, it's like, Oh, you're a film. You know, if a prop thing goes wrong, you just do it again. But knowing how low the budget was and how little time they had. Well, also, just like you want it to look good. Like as an actor, you want to look like you know what you're doing. Absolutely. But this ain't no Stanley Kubrick situation where you've no. got 87 takes to no. get this to look good. It's like, no, no, no. You're going to get this. You're going to try to get this. Also, because these takes are so long. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's there's that's intimidating if you haven't rehearsed the crap out of it. Yeah, and they said Keanu did n- about ninety percent of his own stunts in the that's film. That's wild, which is schmishmazing. Uh, so the writer, this guy Derek Kolstad, he said that he doesn't like to envision current actors when writing, but he he will envision older actors. So he I will like kind that. of that's good. So he was imagining Paul Newman is who he had in mind while writing this role. Wow. So I'm assuming like a 1970 Paul Newman or yes. whatnot, which is rad. The idea of a John Wick in the 70s with Paul Newman. Um but that sound means it's time to play a quick round of two truths and some guy the way it works. Two of the following actors were considered for the role of John Wick and one was not and Amy Joe's to guess which is which. Your options are Clint Eastwood, mm. Liam Neeson, mm. and Harrison Ford. Mm. Feel like they've all done versions of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna say Clint Eastwood. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Harrison Ford. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. really as far as I could tell, Liam Neeson was not considered. But he's a great choice. He would be, yes. But this was when they were first being like, "What actors do you have that can do the guy?" in his mid 60s to mid 70s version of this especially like around 70 they were like clint eastwood and harrison ford were like the only two names for that age and they're like yeah. who else is, is liam neeson not not that old he's not oh i don't know he's not harrison ford aged um i mean when harrison ford was you know making star wars in the 70s liam neeson was i think a kid well liam neeson is an excalibur Yes, sure. That's the early 80s. You're right. Well, the point is that I stumped you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the version of this where it's like he's going to maybe kill three to four guys over the course of the film. He's an older guy. I get it with the Clint Eastwood. I especially get it with Harrison Ford. I do think actually that's a version of this film that I am interested in. For sure. That's that's one of the only Harrison Ford suggestions that you've been like i'm on board with that <laughs> but i just then don't see the harrison ford i don't see well, certainly clint eastwood i don't see either of them going to the continental hotel i don't see harrison ford just being like that's right here's your gold coin or whatever the hell this <laughs> is i'm gonna go get a martini with this uh, jazz singer i don't know about any of this yeah they're both i mean you know harrison famous carpenter <laughs> you know they're both like 
such like I live on a ranch kind of guys that they don't really fit in with this vibe. Whereas Keanu, I'm like, you could live on a ranch or you could live in like a sleek Tony Stark den, and I would believe you could either. Live version. on a spaceship, and I would be. Yes, I go like Keanu sure. Race. That tracks. That tracks. Now Clint Eastwood instead in 2014 was directing both American Sniper and the Jersey Boys movie, which I forgot was a movie that exists. I coached a couple of people on auditions for it, but I didn't realize it was directed by Clint Eastwood. You don't think that makes perfect sense? You don't think Clint Eastwood was the man to Natural bring us the movie fit. of the four seasons? Jeez Louise. Exactly. And Harrison Ford in 2014 was in Expendables 3 and voicing the ocean in this short film series, Nature is Speaking. Uh, they're each like two minutes long. And this is just like to raise awareness, to like give a voice to Mother Nature, to be like, see, it's not just the ocean. It's Penelope Cruz voicing the ocean. Or she voices water. Sorry. Liam Neeson, speaking of, voices ice. Robert Redford is the voice of a redwood like redwood trees don't chop me down exactly beloved actor robert redford exactly i think what they're going for and to that just looking online there was one quote for harrison ford's two-minute episode of the ocean and picturing harrison ford say this i want a john wick version where instead of a person it's literally the ocean because the quote the one quote i could find on imdb is harrison ford as the ocean saying i covered this entire planet once I can always cover no. it again. <laughs> that is a tagline for an ominous tagline. Oh my god. The climate, ocean I didn't realize bites that back. Climate change was an action horror film. Oh well, yes. We're living it, baby. No kidding. But that to have Harrison Ford as the face of the ocean, I cover the entire planet once. I can, I can always, always cover do it, it again. again. Uh is pretty incredible. Yeah. Um so maybe, maybe Harrison Ford is John Wick if we couldn't get Keanu. Uh but let's move on to Winston. Amy Joe, your thoughts on Ian McShane, who I forgot how little he's in this first film he's bigger part in the other two but this is a nice little ah. precursor a nice little you get you get what the character i is. get the vibe immediamonte he's great it's in mcshane he's like hello i'm here having a good time in a corner uh look at my glasses <laughs> like he's great i love it i wish there was more i'm thrilled he got more to do and i assume a higher paycheck yeah i don't know he's great i just had fun time thinking of fun um british actors yeah. that i put here i was like brits only on the younger end we have like a david tennant mm. or an andy circus just mm. someone who's like i can sit in a corner and be charming and yet you might buy that i might kill somebody then I, robert carlisle is not oh. in enough movies yeah. and things if you ask me, Man. But I think he great. is, but I think he's just content to just not go he's to like, Hollywood. He's like, he I want to stay in Scotland. Right. Thanks. Exactly. And to that, I say respect. Yeah. Um, but he's great. He'd be perfect for one of these. Like put him in John Wick Four. Robert Carlyle yes. is exactly the kind of like 100%. character actor that should be popping up in these. He's movies. so good. Everything he does. Um, and I think he'd be great. Charles Dance. Why not? Oh, give me that Tywin Lannister. And then Absolutely. if we if we want to go much older, Michael Gambon. We love yep. him. And I believe he's been, you know, running things at this hotel for low these many years. Absolutely. Why not? But I'm thrilled it's Ian McShane. Yeah, same. I think it works great. I also was thinking um, Michael Gambon. I mean, to that end, give me Michael Caine. Oh, Michael Caine was the one who occurred to me while I was watching it, actually. He spends yes. most of the film sitting. It's a perfect <laughs> role from latter-day right. Michael Caine. I could see a Malcolm McDowell. Oh, 
How did I not think of Magai Malcolm? Or for someone a little younger, maybe a, than Malcolm McDowell, at least a Sam Neill. Just like someone who sure. like, I like where you're like, wait, this is also someone that does play a heavy, like Ian McShane. I love that you have Ian McShane because he's from Deadwood to like yes. sexy beast. He comes in with the energy of like, can, is this someone we can trust? Is yeah. this someone on our side? That's what I meant with like yeah. a David Tennant or an Andy Serkis totally. being like, I'm not sure whether I'm supposed to like you or not because you've done plenty of both on camera. Yeah. I like someone just a bit older because you sure. know that they've been like in charge so like ben kingsley i think would be great oh, here tremendous alfred molina i would love oh, in this vibe perfection um it doesn't need to be a guy give me the helen mirror i was Winston. about to say are you gonna give me helen mirren of course i'm getting she Thank always always give me the helen mirren uh <laughs> or all i want give me werner herzog oh <laughs> Jonathan, so good to see you again. Have uh, a drink. Relax. There was some some person at my show the other day that was sitting in the front row. Um, there's this little I, I open the show and I like get on stage and just like chat with people in the front row for a hot second before like the the song starts. And this guy was wearing this shirt that just said Herzog on it. And I was oh. like, You don't have time, Jackson. You don't have time to get into a whole conversation about this, but I really <laughs> wanted to. And so I was just like, How are your cocktails? Marvelous. I wanted to be like, Ooh, is that for Verna? <laughs> Did you like Grizzly Man? You know. Have you seen Fitzgerald? <laughs> what a mess. I love the Emic. Everyone calls him John. He's just John, John, John. But Emic Shane, it's Jonathan. And John oh, yes. Wick is such an action hero. Jonathan Wick is such a Dickensian orphan. Jonathan Wick is like, why a novel with magic in it? Oh, oh 100%. Oh, no, I've living with my aunt and uncle because my parents died in that mysterious accident. Yes. And now I've gotten this enchanted pair of uh, of goggles and now I'm Jonathan Wick. Off on an adventure. Off on an adventure. And Ian McShane could help him uh, help this little Jonathan oh, Wick on this adventure. Yeah. I'd be interested in. Uh, so as for the other actors who were considered, what I saw was cast but had to drop out Jason Isaacs. Well, how did he not make it to my list of somewhat sinister Brits? Which I I love. I, I love, love the, Jason Isaacs. Having someone with a bit of the hint of malice that you're like, I don't know if this person's on my side. And yeah. that's, I think, a really you know what's fun interesting? part for someone this teeny like tiny role. Jason Isaacs, because he like is basically an elf, you know, it's just that he has this weird otherworldly quality. So he like. When you say basically an elf, what do you mean by that? Live like a Lord of the Rings elf. Kind of vibe. But Jason Isaacs has a, is, is it just because him with the long blonde wig and Yeah, Harry but like also like him as Mr. Hook even. It's still that kind, Mr. Hook. <laughs> captain <laughs> He's Hook. a captain, damn it. You will respect. <laughs> he is the captain of this ship, I'm Mr. Sorry. Hook. I'm sorry, captain. I'm sorry. Sorry, captain. Sorry, captain. <laughs> DDS. Um, so uh, even him as Mr. captain. <laughs> Look, I'm tired. Please, uh, my father is Mr. Hook. Call me Captain Hook. <laughs> Oh, Captain Hook! Something, oh, Captain! Captain, Captain Hook! Um, he's just yes, he's just got like yes, the long blonde hair, but he has just an otherworldly quality to him, sure. right? Yeah. So when you think of what does an actor get for free, he's already someone that I expect to see in an environment like that. Of course, this guy who's probably malicious is running this hotel. What's f even more fun, I think, about Ian McShane is someone who is much rougher around the edges. Yeah. Playing this like, hello, Jonathan, you know, I like know. much more. It's it's against type for him a bit. Yeah. Which 
makes it a little more fun, I think, you know, although I love Jason Isaacs, I'm always happy to see him and he would be great. But like that to me feels like, duh. Whereas Ian McShane is like, ooh, actually that's not what I expect. And therefore I think it makes it, a that friction makes it a little more fun. He all he just brings history with him, Ian yeah. McShane, but it's also like his knowing stuff like, like Deadwood or, you know, I seeing him in the homecoming on Broadway yeah. years ago uh, and Sexy Beast, of course. I mean, maybe a Ray Winstone. I mean, in general, just oh, put Ray yeah. Winston in one put of these Ray films. Ray Winston in more um, stuff. But that, like, the vibe I get from him, because I think he, McShane, I think he just turned 80. Yeah. Is that he's much older. He was a player back in the day, and now he runs the Continental, yeah, but yeah. he's someone that was once capable of violence. And That's that the seems vibe that absolutely I clear. But yeah. I like that now he's older. Whereas Jason Isaacs is, he's still young enough that I'm like, I, I don't, that he's like a current yeah, 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 threat yeah. or currently in the, in the I game, hear that. you know? It's so, in this is what, you know what, heck, that's what makes <laughs> stuff about this podcast to talk about really interesting is that it's like you make one shift like that where it's just like, okay, well, it's just, you know, a one good actor for another. But it's like it's telling a completely different story. You could Without easily, hearing all of the backstory, we right. are going to map onto it. Yeah. I, I love the way that it's shaken out, but you could do some rearranging just within the film itself. You could switch Ian McShane and Willem Dafoe. Absolutely. And it still works course you're still getting that Willem Dafoe is a little older than Keanu so you still get a bit of like not mentor mentee mm -hmm. we'll talk a bit more with Dafoe in the roundup um and that Ian McShane is older than Willem Dafoe um but like all that works you could switch some some people around with Vigo like it's interesting so often in a film normally I feel like it's successful when you see like yeah you could not have any of these actors in, in any, other, any roles. other roles and I feel less about that with this. Because they're but I don't all, mind it. they're all in this underworld, right? We don't right. really meet, even Helen, we don't really meet, you know, yeah. we see her in the past more. Yeah, that's a good like, point. Everyone Every, is everyone. in the underworld. Yeah. Oh, just like the, the dinner reservation, the guy who does the cleanup, like, like there's, everybody has like such a distinct personality, but they're all a working part of this One of the machine. few people we don't is the cop. Jimmy, Thomas, Thomas Sadowski, who does return in part two. Oh, great. Uh, but this great little one teeny tiny scene But he's exchange. clearly also part of, he's clearly being paid off. Well, yes. So it's the, like, he's also part working, of the John, machine. As he sees this, all these working dead again? bodies in the background. Yeah, you're working again? No, just taking care of some stuff. All right, okay. Huh? Have a good night, John. Let you get back to, yeah. Have a good night, Jimmy. Yeah, let, let you get back to it. Yeah, but like, so he's clearly part of the machine as well. We don't meet anyone who isn't in some way connected to right. this. And so it's like, yeah, any world it has a lot more color to it when we dip into it than when we're only seeing one aspect of it. And I think that that's what a lot of this casting is, is it's like, yeah, you get a lot of people who, like in Hot Fuzz, how it's just like populated with people who have played villains in different British films, you know, and it's like let them play all the different colors of that Ooh, villainous Timothy rainbow. Timothy Dalton Winston. Oh, come on. Come I'm on. loving it. I mean, or the Jim Broadbent, if you want someone that doesn't read Very affable, that yes. He's the like, oh, I don't, everyone else does the violence. I don't need to do the violence. I'm, I'm retired. I'm, I'm reti exactly. I'm, I'm, retired. I'm in charge of this now. Uh, I wonder if Jason Isaacs had to drop out because of how busy his 2014 was. He had uh, the movie Fury with Brad Pitt, Rio, I Love You, some drama I never heard of called Dawn, this Wes Bentley action drama called After the Fall. This He's voicing Satan in Castlevania, Lords of Shadow 2 with, speaking of, Robert Carlyle and oh. Patrick Stewart and the Rosemary's Baby miniseries remake with Zoe Saldana that I immediately forgot was a thing that happened. I never that. even knew. 
Also considered for Winston, Al Pacino. The Pacines. The Pacines. I get that when you're like, we want someone with just like a lot of status to come in here and be in charge. Apparently, which is kind of at odds with that Keanu had like months to prep for this. But I did hear that it was kind of like not thrown together the casting but it was a bit of like we're not right we're not we don't have the luxury to write for specific people it's like who's free for the time period that we have for this limited window that we're going to film who's free so i think it's a lot of i think well didn't they say like he cleared his summer or something like they knew they were going to shoot in the fall so right but it might have also been the thing like where they they say like okay we're going to shoot sometime in the fall and we'll we'll firm that up as and we Keanu's, get closer, but in yeah, the meantime, he's locked, he's you go do down that. Three yeah. months. He's he has a deal in place. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Michael Douglas was considered. Oh, I see that totally. Yeah, I dig that. Instead, in 2014, he was in this Rob Reiner movie called "And So It Goes," which a just sounds like every other Rob Reiner movie of the last 20 years. Uh, but also because clicking on it, cause I was like, what is this? It's like some boring sounding rom-com with Michael Douglas and Diane Keaton. But looking, if you go to Rob Reiner on IMDb, you know what he is coming up? Spinal Tap 2. Oh, right. With Christopher Guest, like with they're all back. Wow. I'm like, what? Well, okay. Have you watched, have we done this? You can watch the commentary of This is Spinal Tap done in like the early 2000s with them in character. Love it. Commenting on it. From like the year, whatever it is that they did the commentary, being like, oh yeah, well back then, you know, it was not good, but now. And they have like, they, they're they just riffing, inventing what they've been doing since then. All right. You know what? I've changed my mind. I- I'm down. <laughs> I want to see it. Because I was just like, we don't need a sequel to this film from, no, we never need a sequel from a movie from the 80s. No, no. However, there is a chance it could be good. So you're saying there's, there's a, a chance. chance. All right. I believe you. Uh, 2014, Bruce Dern was considered for Winston. I'm not used to seeing Bruce Dern with this, with like the, the high status. No. Um, Robert De Niro, which like, I'm more interested in Pacino. (laughs) Yeah. Christopher Walken was considered. Okay. That is wacky. (laughs) Jonathan, have a martini. You know, he's like, get me the weirdest glasses possible. A lot of rings. I see like a pinky ring situation. I'm seeing like an ascot. Yes. I'm getting. Ascot and rings, martini, glasses. Yeah. You, you, uh, you've been revoked by your own hand. He, like, is doing a full Paul Lind, like, costume cosplay. <laughs> I can just see it. I don't know why, but I can see it. Yeah, Paul, maybe Paul Lind is Winston? Paul. <laughs> Grab a martini, Jonathan. Make yourself at home. Okay. I love it. I love it. I'm sorry, Miss Perkins, but you broke the rules. <laughs> the tone just went wildly swinging. Um, it's 2014, so Christopher Walken instead has a small role in the Jersey Boys movie directed oh, by Clint Eastwood. Boy, oh but boy. more importantly, he would not have had the time for this because he was too busy rehearsing for the singing and the dancing to make sure that when the time comes, he's ready for Peter, Peter Pan, Pan Live. Live. Speaking of Mr. Hook. Speaking of, yeah, and he's he's definitely Mr. Hook in that <laughs> Peter Pan Live. He has lost the rank of captain. He's he's not he even James. He's He's going by Jimmy Hook by that point. He's to Jimmy Hook. The title of Mr. Hook. Uh, Rutger Hauer was considered, which I, once again, oh, yeah, another yeah, yeah. actor, perfect character actor to put Great, in the John yes. Wick. Well, one of the things I love about using an Ian McShane is like, yes, Ian McShane is like a famous actor, but he's not a celebrity. No. So like, I, I like that about like Rutger Hauer. I like that about some of these choices of people that'd be like, oh, it's so-and-so, but not like 
Oh my, oh, Pacino. It's not Pacino. It's yeah, exactly. overtaken. I mean, even Christopher Walken. I love Christopher Walken, but it's overtaken. Yeah, no, I like it being actor. more of a character actor kind of that guy situation. Totally. Where like you and I know who it is, but like yeah. not everybody's going to be like, oh, of course. Now apparently, Liam Neeson was considered for Winston, which I'm not. I don't love. It's I fine. Th- I, it's fine. No, that's what I'm saying. I feel it's like he fine. He's so like still in like aging leading man category that it's just like let the character act his character act. Sure, I could see him in the Defoe role more. I I think so you have too. him pop up every now and again with a sniper rifle, and you're like, is Liam Neeson a good guy? Is he not? Like, what's his deal? Because we're not getting a lot what's of that the character. Deal with the Liam Neesons. I get that. What's that deal with the Liam Neesons? I get that more. Instead, in 2014, Liam Neeson also a huge year like Jason Isaacs. He had. Uh, non-stop which is a pretty fun there's like a there's a murderer on the plane movie and it's all populated with from it's julianne moore flight, and I Corey see. stall and anson mount and all these fun character actors that's also like a murder mystery of like who's the killer on among, amongst all these fun mm. little character actor names uh he had an episode of the clone wars he had the seth MacFarlane a million ways to die in the west so he had taken three this movie, A Walk Among the Tombstones, an episode of the British comedy series Rev with Tom Hollander and Olivia Coleman, this short-lived show of Tom Hollander as a reverend. Okay. Sounds like it was made for you, Amy Jo. Yeah. Uh, and he had the animated films The Prophet, The Nutjob, and Good Cop and Bad Cop in the Lego movie. Doesn't it take a long time to film a Taken? Like, or maybe not. To film a Taken? I, f- I feel like about as long as it takes to film any action film. Right. How do you have time to do all this stuff? That's what I'm saying. He don't got time to even be winning. You know what he was doing? Nonstop. He was working nonstop. Um, But like, uh, it's fine. But I love this final pick. Christoph Waltz. I'm like, it's just, that's what he exudes. Yeah. He's like, I give you quirky men in the corner who you don't know if you can trust or not. Okay. (laughs) Just picture. That's me in the corner. (laughs) (laughs) That's me in the corner. corner. Um, Instead, he was doing the Tim Burton film Big Eyes in 2014, the movie Horrible Bosses 2, and playing himself in Muppets Most Wanted. So those are all the characters I found other casting options for. But as we've been discussing, there's a bunch of fun character actors all throughout this that I didn't mention. So we got to briefly touch on them. Bridget Moynihan, who plays Helen, Keanu's uh, mm-hmm. dead wife. Late. I was like, Mid- <laughs> late, late wife. wife. Thank you. I was like, what's the word I'm looking for? Not ex-wife. Um, so she elected not to. She's been in, you know, she was in like iRobot and The Recruit, and like uh-huh. a bunch of stuff in like the early aughts, especially. Um, so she elected not to read the screenplay post any of her scenes because she was worried it might color her view of john wick outside of his marriage to her character which i thought was interesting yeah we have lance reddick as as he's credited in this just the hotel concierge who uh also plays a much bigger role in the sequels he's so he's great so good i love him i think and you see like why him and ian mcshane especially also because they're two of the only ones that are still alive by the end of the film Mm -hmm. but why they keep bringing them back and keep giving them more well, and more to do. So both of them do such a great job of like, like you were saying, like bringing in a history with them of just like, you know, there's backstory without, I mean, that's, that's when you get, you know, good actors, that's the magic that an actor can bring to something is like, you don't need my backstory because I'm, I'm giving you enough to have you like be able to map a bunch of stuff onto me. And I just think he's so good. 
definitely. We get these two little scenes with Charlie the cleaner, who just sort of clean up the dead bodies. And I was like, this guy looks familiar to me. And I was like, oh, that's why I just saw him on Broadway last week. Uh, (laughs) David Patrick Kelly, who was in, he's most famously probably known for the Warriors, where he does, he's clinking the bottles going, Warriors, come out and play. Uh, But he's also in Commando, The Crow. And then he's now on Broadway and into the woods as the narrator slash mysterious man, which is so funny knowing him from as the weird character actor from all these action movies in the 80s and 90s. Once upon a time. Exactly. And he's so good. Where once I was mysterious. He's so funny and into the woods. He's so charming. And I'm like, what? Um, But always great to see him popping up in something. Uh, We have Miss Perkins, which the role was originally written for a man played by Adrian Palicki. I'm not too familiar with. She was Friday Night Lights was like her big thing. So I've never seen it and I never will. Hey. And then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And she's now on, speaking of Seth MacFarlane, the show The Orville that she's been on now for like multiple seasons. So that's where she's mainly been. So I think I might only know her from this film, um, which I think she's perfectly. It's, there's not a lot of meat on the bone as far as the character True. goes. Um, she's just a bit of a stinker in that she's like, oh, hi, John. I've known you. Oh, they put a contract on your head. Screw it. In for a penny, in for a pound. Right, right. Uh, but their fight scene is very fun. It's great. We have Yosef. This little rat. Real shit heel, I know. Alfie Allen, who's probably best known as Theon Greyjoy from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. So they, well, you know, they were struggling. They were like, we need someone who just looks like such a prick, like yes. someone that you're really going to be on board with to get his a real ends. punchable face, but also someone who's not that in real life. Yes. And that tricky. He's apparently at a friend's party. I, that's how it much this sounds like. How quickly were they having to cast this? He yeah. was at a friend's party. So he went into his friend's bedroom to get on Skype to start talking to the director. And Chad Stahilski said, oh, dude, he's a great prick. <laughs> <laughs> But also, for the record, said he is, quote, a super pleasurable guy to be around when he's not in character. Uh, and so because he's British. So he visited Russian public baths in New York City to help hone yes. his Russian accent. Of which there are several. Um, we have the late Michael Nyquist as our Ugh. Vigo, our main bad. Who This most, was the revelation for he's me. so good. I mean, most you I know him from the girl with the dragon tattoo movies, the original ones. Um in, from Sweden, and he's the villain in the fourth Mission Impossible film. A much more boring villain in that than he is here. He is so, I didn't remember him as much from the first time I saw it, but this time I'm like, he is so delightful. He's so weird and he's quirky so alive, with his choices. But not weird and quirky in a way that's calling too much attention to it. No, weird and quirky, again, in a way that matches the tone. And that like, it's, that, it's a plain keep it. away with the gun when it's like, yes, you should be wanting him to have But he's son. just like, you're never gonna, it's pointless right, like right. and just be like sure take the gun for all <laughs> the good that's gonna do but it's it's also like we haven't talked about the subtitles like the way that they do all the subtitles of russian in like a really stylish way where they're also just like playing with yeah. with fonts and the, stuff. the placement of the subtitles will be like wherever will be most striking on the screen instead of just like at the bottom it's a bit like uh i mean this is obviously much more styled stylized but like scott pilgrim like where they're like it's more graphic than anything yeah and i think that there's some of that in what he's doing it's not full comic book villain right but it is like it has yeah there's like a really incredible lightness to it he's just having such fun without it ever feeling at the expense of the story yeah like i don't know i really 
really enjoyed this performance. It was a lot of fun. Uh, John Leguizamo, we've discussed. Oh, it's great. He, great. Just two, two, like two and a half scenes. And that's all you need. But again, like, I, I can't remember if we said this on mic or, or if it was what we were talking about beforehand, uh, before we started recording, but like, we don't know yet who John Wick is when right. this car comes in. So John Leguizamo, number one, I'm paying more attention and leaning forward because I'm like, oh, it's John Leguizamo. I wonder what he has to say. And so like watching his face as he's, he knows immediately whose car this is. Oh, you haven't killed this guy. You're just like watching. I get so information, so much information about like, so who is John Wick then for this reaction to be happening from this guy? Like, not just like you stole my friend's car, but like, uh Oh yeah, this is bad. It was on the page, but they didn't have time to film it. But the writer was saying like one of his favorite bits that unfortunately, you know, it's kill your darlings. We don't have the time to film this was when, they were going to be pulling up with the car at the chop shop. They wanted like these two like really beefy, like jacked guys, like security, like standing outside. Mm-hmm. And as they, you know, then they recognize Yosef, like, okay, he's going in. But when they, when they clock the car, they look to each other and they just leave. Like, they're like, we don't even want to oh, be wow. on the premises when, now that we see that John Wick's car is rolling up with someone that's not John Wick driving it, um, which is such great, like character detail. Yeah, like, yeah, as yeah. from a writing standpoint, you're like, that is showing you, so much without needing monologues yeah. but again i think you we get, get that monologue. from leguizamo i think we yes, we agreed. get agreed. that exact same content from him agreed and willem dafoe who i think this might be even more than perkins the least meat on the bone of a role but, he but that's why you get so dafoe. Much that's why it, you're yeah. getting willem he's dafoe. he's so good i mean no no nothing against uh uh adrian yeah she's she's as you said like perfectly serviceable does a really good job in the fight but like i'm not getting from her what i'm getting from everyone else which is just like i have so little time and yet i'm gonna bring a world with it with her it's very like yeah straightforward kind of like henchman baddie which i don't mind right but it's not what i'm getting from everyone Agreed. else which Agreed. is just there's just more immediate depth and you're like who where'd this person come from what's totally. their deal her i'm like yeah she's always been here fighting and killing and you know i wasn't actually gonna even mention her just because there's only so much time i can't mention every single actor with a line in the film but i do actually want to because you sang that uh bridget regan who played uh the bartender Oh, has this brief, she's great. She's so good. This teeniest little scene with John Wick, but I saw so much history yes. there uh, that I was like, that's what I didn't really have with Adrian Palicki. But I think that's more of a script. I agree. Note. However, like, again, you have people with like, you know, basically an under five who are bringing a whole history to it. And like, she yeah. gets the benefit of this whole like arc, which again, yes, it is a script thing, but it is, um, I don't know. I think this movie is such a great example. And like when you put really strong actors into smaller roles, it fills out the world in a way that means you can be extremely, your real estate can go toward these long fight sequences rather than dialogue because you can just, fill it with that because the actors have already filled the lines yeah there's always so much going on behind beyond the frame correct yeah so final thoughts anything we haven't touched on any other roles that popped out at you or anything just anything else that you wanted to talk about oh just i I have written here back to us talking about how much how uh, much older Vigo was not than yeah. uh, John Wick. <laughs> We're like, what if we changed the title of our episode to just be clickbait? How much older is this actor? <laughs> the answer will shock you. Um, yeah, no, I don't really have a 
ton else to say. I didn't take a lot of notes because I was just enjoying watching the movie. I kept forgetting yeah. we were doing it for the podcast. Yeah. Because we also don't do a ton of films like this because usually I'm <laughs> like, what if we did something obscure right. and gay? But um, this was really fun. I how really about a musical? How about a musical? But this is a bit like Scott Pilgrim is a musical with fight scenes. This is how this kind of is too. Yeah. It does have a feel of a musical in it's terms just got of its big, style. Yeah, yeah, set pieces, very, very stylized. I don't know. I thought it was really fun. I'm really glad we did it. Thanks, Ben, for the recommend. Heck yeah. Thank you so much, Ben. Uh, I'll end with this. The movie was originally called Scorn, but Keanu Reeves kept referring to it as John Wick because he was so excited about the film. So when talking about it, like in interviews or whatnot, he'd say like, and I got this great movie co- like that I'm working on called John, it's called John Wick. I'm like, John Wick and John, he's John Wick and all over the place. And so the writer was like, marketing told him, dude, that's four to five million in free advertising so far. So it's now John Wick instead of Scorn. Well, and you know what? Now... It's just now it's a franchise with this character at the center rather than Scorn, Scorn Two. Three, Scorn Four. Who's going to see Scorn Four? No, but you're nobody. gonna go see, see the John, John Wick. Wick. You want to see John Wick kicking some ace? You're gonna go to the theaters. Amy Jo? Yes, Jeff. What are you recommending this week? Well, watching this movie made my body hurt just sitting there. So I'm going to recommend something very utilitarian. Epsom salts. Epsom salts. Well, those, while great, are not what I'm recommending. I'm recommending an acupressure mat, which I will say is one of the best pandemic uh-huh. purchases I made because I couldn't get in to see my acupuncturist. I use the brand Bed of Nails. I think it's like the original, but they're like tons of little spiky plastic things on a mat. You lay on it and it just like helps, you know, it it hits all your different pressure points so that your muscles can release for a bit. And I got to tell you, I have a mat, I have a pillow and I have a little strap. And and either of us, when we're on a regional gig, we'll take the smaller strap because it travels well. And it's It's just, I find it so helpful. Um, So if you're someone who suffers from any kind of like back tension pain sort of thing it can well and you can use it wherever but it's most effective on the back because it's very easy to lay down on it i'm recommending an acupressure mat again i used the brand bed of nails love it jeff amy joe what are you recommending i'm gonna recommend a film very new film only came out we're recording this kind of in advance so it came out a few weeks ago now but uh this australian crime drama called the stranger it's now on netflix with joel edgerton and Sean Harris, who, uh, if you're not as familiar with him, he's the villain in the last two Mission Impossible films, uh, Solomon Kane. Uh, and this is the kind of film I knew nothing about going in, and I'd really recommend that that's the way to see it. Uh, the only thing I'll say is that a guy that's kind of down on his luck gets a job working within a criminal organization, and separately, there is a police investigation closing in. And that's all I'll say, but. I was really blown away. I, the two of them are incredible. Joel Edgerton and Sean Harris are incredible. Uh, and it's just for a film that has spoilers, I guess, but like no violence, really. Like it's rated R for T- or TVMA for language and smoking. But it is so wonderfully tense. And I just think if you like a really strong, like low budget crime, like drama f- suspense thriller, that's just really a good showcase for some great like nervy acting 
um, you're going to have a really good time with The Stranger. I was kind of blown away by it. Uh, so that's what we're recommending this week. Da, da, da. As we've said, big thank you to Ben for recommending we check out John Wick. We had such a good time. Uh, and if you, once again, have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of, you got to email us at analmoststarringatgmail.com and let us know. You also got to follow us on Instagram. Oh, you just got to if you want to know what <laughs> film we're going to be doing in advance of the episode dropping at and almost starring. Until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Joe Jackson. And thanks for joining us to see who almost starred. 